0: You're listening to a podcast from St Bart's. To find out more about our church or to take a next step, visit stbart's.com.au. As we continue our 1 John series, it would be helpful to have your Bible or Bible apps open um, at the 1 John reading. So chapter 3, beginning at verse 11. There's an outline of the sermon on the back of the new sheet and space to write notes if that's helpful for you. Let us pray. Almighty Father, as you have given us your word, give us now your spirit that we may understand and live the things which we hear. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Shakespeare in Love is a 1998 romantic comedy which tells how Shakespeare's tragedy, Romeo and Juliet, was written. Queen Elizabeth announces at court that she believes plays are only for light entertainment and couldn't possibly portray the true nature of love. With a little prompting from Shakespeare, a sometime player and aspiring playwright, the Queen sets a challenge. She will pay 50 pounds if a play can demonstrate the true nature of love. Inspired by his new muse, Shakespeare writes Romeo and Juliet. It is performed and the play is received with tears and cheers. The wager is won. Shakespeare receives the reward, but his own love story ends in tragedy, just as in the play. In this letter from John... He is focused on showing his readers the true nature of Christian love as they live out their faith in community in challenging circumstances. This love is not romantic but a love that honours one another and builds them up. After all, each Christian is a new creation, saved and transformed by Jesus' death and resurrection. Last week's Passage ended with these words. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. One important way that we demonstrate our new allegiance to God's kingdom is by loving our brother and sister in Christ. Our passage today continues this theme of Christian love as John looks to Jesus as the prototype of love which we should model and put into action on a daily basis. We are called to love, not hate, love generously and love one another in Christ. Continuing with the theme of loving one another, John reminds the believers that this command is from Jesus and the standard for love is laying one's life down for others as Jesus did. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. From the beginning is most likely a reference to Jesus' words to his disciples just before he was arrested. In John chapter 13, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Jesus had been in the temple in the days prior to this. And the Jewish leaders had tried to trap him by asking Jesus tricky theological questions. One had asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? This is how Jesus answered. The most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Jesus takes love your neighbour as yourself, remembering that Jesus had already expanded the scope of this command by expanding the understanding of neighbour, and he transforms it into love others as Jesus had loved them. We are no longer the measure of love jesus is now the standard christian love is sacrificial it is costly in both these instances there is a focus on loving others within christian community yes we are to love our neighbor but we must particularly love our brothers and sisters in christ because not only will this build up community and each member it will be a witness to others By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. John then really emphasises the point by telling his readers, don't be like Cain. Jesus takes us back to the story of Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter 4 to show the difference between love and hate. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brother's were righteous. Cain's heart was filled with jealousy when his brother's offering was acceptable to God, but Cain's wasn't. Cain became angry and downcast, even though God warns him of the dangers of these feelings. Cain is consumed by his anger and murders his brother. This story shows how our thoughts and feelings become the motivation for our actions. We need to guard our hearts and minds because our behaviour flows from these, just as we need to make sure our actions have the right motivation. John reminds us then further of this link. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in them. These words echo again the teaching of Jesus. Back in Matthew chapter 5. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. We are called to love our brothers and sisters with our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions as we follow Jesus' example of sacrificial love. John describes Jesus' example this way. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. There's a nice little connection between John 3.16 and 1 John 3.16. John 3.16 tells us that God sent his one and only Son to die for us because God so loved the world. 1 John 3.16 tells us that our response to this extraordinary grace should be extraordinary generosity to one another. One of the very practical ways that John suggests that we can love in this way is by sharing the material possessions that we have. In verse 17, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in that person? So if we see a need and don't fill that need, When we have the capacity to do so, we're not demonstrating love. John goes further by suggesting that failing to be generous reveals that the love of God does not reside in us. Our capacity to love, like Jesus, depends on us experiencing God's love in Jesus. Now, it's absolutely true that the generosity of Christians should extend beyond the members of the church. But we see here how the church is meant to be an image of God's generous provision, poured out, even sacrificially, so every person's needs are met. Why is this so important? Such generosity not only helps us experience and grow in our understanding of the abundance of God's grace, but also serves as a proclamation of the good news. Over the last few years, I've been a charge youth leader on Friday nights. Each Friday night, members of St Bart's provide delicious food for the youth who attend. These acts of generosity, which are costly and sacrificial, have been a clear statement of their love for the youth and a practical expression of God's love for them. In turn, this has helped the youth feel more connected to St Bart's and more connected to God. John then reminds us that ultimately love is an action word. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. As Christians, we cannot just talk the talk. We must walk the walk. Here we're reminded of these words from James. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. So as important as it is to pray for people in need and speak kind words to them, And do what pleases him. We can only love our brothers and sisters in Christ if our hearts are at rest in his presence. We know we belong to the truth when we experience God's forgiveness and grace and continue in his way. This doesn't mean that we are perfect and we never make mistakes, but our love for Jesus directs us along God's path for our lives. And we can be confident that when we do slip up with a word or an action or even a missed opportunity, God knows us, God loves us and God forgives us. This binds us together in a new type of community in God's kingdom. This bound the readers of this letter in a way which went beyond the important demographics of the time male or female, Jew or Gentile, slave or free person. They were bound together by Christ and just as Christ loved them, they were to love one another despite their other differences. John then summarises this message about love with these words. This is his command to believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. John restates the messages of Jesus which were mentioned earlier. Jesus said the greatest commandments were love God wholeheartedly and to love your neighbour as yourself. Jesus then commanded his followers to love one another as he had loved them and would ultimately show that love to us on the cross. So we need to love and not hate. We need help to love generously. And we need help to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. We can't possibly do it in our own strength. We need the help of the Holy Spirit whom Jesus gave us. The church is full of sinners, but we are sinners who have been made new creations by and in Christ. That is how we can live in Christian community characterised by love. The fruit of the Spirit listed first by Paul to the followers of Jesus in Galatia is love. And unlike Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, where love is romantic The Bible's definition is fundamentally active, not based on what we feel, but rather what we do. Love is self-sacrifice, putting others' needs before our own, following Jesus' example and humbling ourselves as servants of others. Another of the fruits of the Spirit is generosity. Generosity is about giving sacrificially to the needs of others as we acknowledge what we have... As coming from God and trusting that God will continue to provide for us as we provide for others. Generosity exercises our faith in God as we demonstrate God's love to one another. Our challenge as a Christian community is to live out the true nature of love so that we can be a powerful witness to the gospel on our front lines. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the example of Jesus. We thank you that he laid down his life for us. Help us to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Help us to be generous and help us to share the good news on our front lines. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a podcast from St. Barts. To learn more or to take a next step, visit stbarts.com.au